Comedy Club members, it's Ash. I just wanted to give everybody a heads up that this episode was recorded about a month in advance, so if you hear us talking about old news as if it's new news, that's why. In this episode, we were lucky enough to get to interview the author of The Threat Below, Jason Latshaw. Thanks again to him for joining us, and everybody else, please enjoy the episode. everybody <laughs> hello 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 and welcome to that pretentious book club that was beautiful welcome to our club <laughs> welcome to our club well uh that over there is uh god i forgot your name kendall A. <laughs> <laughs> usually it's my name i forget you've had like one glass of wine <laughs> i know it's true it's because i'm tired that is um that's kendall shaw aka dr spoons palermo hello hello let me try my thing <laughs> The doctor is in. Or so the doctor will see you now. I don't remember <laughs> what it was. You're going to try your thing again next time. We're going we're gonna to do this till you get it right. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. And that mm-hmm. is Ash O'Rourke. That's true. But you can call her Wheezy. Mm. I do sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. See, this is where because we recorded this episode out of order, um, like the episode itself. So we talk about nicknames later. So, um Yeah. Feel my pain retroact was opposite of retroactively. Um, preemptively. Preemptively. Feel it preemptively. Good because one. Because it's real. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Prepare I to words. feel the pain. Yeah. This episode is special um, because we are doing, not only did we read The Threat Below, the first book in the Brathius Legacy uh, series, but we actually got to interview the author. The author, you guys. The author of this book, J.S. Latchaw, Jason Latchaw. And he's a peach. He's awesome. He was so cool. You all are going to love him. You guys, yeah, just wait. You're going to totally love him. He was so fun and so fun and knowledgeable. Witty and interesting, yeah. knowledgeable. Yeah. If you liked this book at all when you read it, after you listened to the interview, you're going to be like in love with it because totally. he just has so much to say about it. I want this book in series form, like in like a TV series form. I really think it could be cool. They just have to nail the CGI, you know? Yeah. It's always a gamble with TV shows. Man, that is true. I'm thinking like Scorpion King right now. They really... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was like 20 years ago. I know. You know? I know. <laughs> but God, break. it was so bad. Yes. It was so bad. It really was not good. No. Anyways, <laughs> I feel like we haven't... I haven't like seen you. Like we actually really seen haven't. you in forever. I missed you. I missed you too. I know. I know. I, I, was, not I know. I got the tattoo like two weeks ago, and, and I, I didn't even know that you got you. a tattoo. Yeah. I don't think I have any exciting updates for you. Um, um, I put up some fall decorations. That was actually it. It looks so cute in here. Yeah. She went full Christian girl autumn. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> joking, joking. I'm not wearing a cardigan. Yeah. Because I don't. You have don't one. have like a latte with you i don't have oh my god i did just post about the autumn moon latte from summer moon though (laughs) and to be fair i actually don't go get coffee i don't go buy drinks i just make my own drinks Mm -hmm. here so there's only one drink i will go out of my way to go get and that's the autumn moon latte from summer moon yeah because it is freaking good they have Mm -hmm. their own like special like secret moon milk sweetener 
which is like their normal like moon lattes are good but their autumn one has spices in it see i gotta go get me one because i it is so keep forgetting about that tomorrow do you want me to bring you one <gasps> yeah! because you guys exciting i mean i guess it's exciting more for us than for you <laughs> yeah you guys so, don't a get ways to down the road it's gonna be exciting for you but we're gonna have not only do we have to do more recording tomorrow yeah. but we're also gonna have a writing day writing and we're day. gonna write some books and someday y'all are gonna read those books yes. or you're gonna be like i'm not reading those books <laughs> But someone somewhere will. I bet someone Jason will. will. Yeah, Jason. And he'll if, leave us a nice review. If nobody's got our backs, I know Jason got Jason's got our backs. <laughs> it's super true. Um, yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. Well, Haley was so upset because she went to Starbucks and I guess they have a new like apple crisp. Oh, latte I heard or of something. that, and I'm not sure how I feel about fruit and uh, coffee. But Summer she, Moon has that too now. Oh, not really? apple they got they did a, a blueberry cobbler and a peach something or other oh. latte and i was like i don't think See, i like that summer moon has like a, a like a lemon mm. um but it's like iced coffee it's like well it's not coffee even i don't know what it is but i've mm-hmm. had it multiple times and, and like it's very it. good but Holly i love lemon. Their, um, their chai tea latte oh yeah my yeah. mom loves a good chai tea latte i'm just not a big fruit person so it's hard for me <laughs> I love spices, though. Well, so. don't try the apple crisp one, though, because <laughs> Haley was so mad because she was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever had. Oh, no. And then she could barely drink it. Oh, and God. when I came over, she was like, try this. I oh. tried it, and I love apples. So you loved it? Or you didn't No, like it? but I was... <laughs> no. I didn't hate it as much as she did, but I wasn't like... I wasn't like going to order it, you know? Oh, man. So God, nothing is worse than spending money on something and then not liking yeah, it. Yeah. That's she so She poured most of it out. Poor anyway. Thing. I know. What a shame. <laughs> uh, what about any exciting updates in your life? Any tea you want to spill? Not on the pod. I just thought of a little bit of work tea (laughs) that I wanted to spill, actually. Oh. It's not even, like, work tea. I actually really like my job. But there's this person that we have to work with, this, like, contractor, basically. And I've been put in charge of communicating with this person. And I thought I was imagining it at first. I was like, why is he being rude to me? Like, I'm being very polite in my emails. But then I saw him reply to my boss today, who was a man. Totally different. Totally no. different. So polite, so understanding. I was like, are you serious? Is it because I'm a girl? And again, yes, he knows I'm a girl because we all had a meeting together and I talked. So and I feel like sometimes people are like, your name's Ash. How would people know you're overreacting? No, and I was very careful not to react at all because I was like, I could just be sensitive um, just because I you know, had bad experiences with clients before. Anyways, I'm kind of mad. There's not, literally nothing I can do about it. But um, <gasps> That's so gross. Yeah. I'm like, cool, just because I'm a girl. I'm and like, you've you answer to me, guy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And you've had this before with like um, editing have. jobs before, right? Yeah, I don't want to hear anybody say this thing about like, Women in the workplace is not a, like that's not a real problem anymore. I don't want to hear it because I'm not even in a real workplace, you guys. <laughs> I, my jobs are all remote. There is a difference, and I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. And I am not like a, I was going to say I'm not an overreactive person. That's not true. I will absolutely overreact about the littlest things in the whole world. Like Javi said, we were going to go to Barnes and Noble, and then we didn't, so I laid on the ground for 45 minutes. <laughs> that's not an exaggeration, and I did. And that's the kind of stuff I overreact to. But if it's a legitimate thing, I don't really want to waste negative energy. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So I'll it's really also like wait. more upsetting, you it know. Is. When you're upset about Barnes and Noble, it feels like okay to be up really yeah. upset about it, it because almost you feels know... like luxurious to throw a tantrum exactly. like a little kid because it's not a big deal. But if yeah. it's something actually serious, it feels like you're hurting yourself exactly. when you get upset because exactly. it's like you actually have a reason to be upset. Exactly. So it really will take a lot to get me genuinely upset about something like yeah. that. So if I'm like 
no, enough warning signs that yeah, I'm being mm-hmm. I'm being spoken to differently because I'm a woman. Like there's definitely something there. So, anyways, that's annoying. It's just really annoying. It's so annoying. Ugh, <laughs> but I hate that. um, I mean, not the end of the world. He still has to answer to me. I guess I just have to not care if he's rude to me. <laughs> and maybe I'll just make less of an effort to be super polite back. I won't be rude, honestly. But I've been like, yeah, screw that, courteous back. I think I'm not going to be vindictive because that's also a waste of energy. But I think I'm just not going to care so much. I always try and like make people feel good with, you know, like whatever yeah. I'm writing. Because, you know, everyone has a bad day. So all of my emails tend to be very friendly. Just like, yeah. because I just think I'm not going to be friendly. And Don't. I think I'm just going to just take that you off. You know the what? Email. They yeah. lost that privilege. That's right. <laughs> not that he cared. He clearly didn't. Well, maybe now he'll be like, now she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Dude, exactly. Another thing we're going to talk about later. But it's true. true. Maybe yeah. he'll be like, wow, she's really bitchy now. Honestly, good. Although, to to be completely honest, I bet he won't tell the difference because he's a dude and I don't think he's going to read that deep into it. I just don't think he's going to notice the difference. But a woman would notice. See, that's the thing, too, is what I think is like me being really friendly or me being cold over email. Probably he won't even notice the difference, but a woman would notice. So <laughs> I don't know why I oh, care at why all. didn't she put an exclamation point there? She hates See, me. She used, she used a period. She didn't use any. I used to do this with my last job. I had so, like a, somebody who would message me a lot and like, she would reply like with one letter and like with one word and then a period. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? Why does she hate me? Or like, it would just reply like, I'd ask a question and then like without any like, hi, got your message or any like kind of greeting, she would just like respond with no punctuation at all. And I was like, she hates me. <laughs> she must hate me. But I'm thinking now, I have a feeling this guy, it probably would not notice any of these things based yeah. on the way that he's messaging me. Yeah. So, well, that's it's not really a life that. update, but I experienced that today and I wanted to share with everybody Ugh, in I case we all thought you. we were past that. We are not. <laughs> the work not. continues. <laughs> the work continues. <laughs> uh, by continues, I'm just I'm just not going to care that much anymore. Yeah. Good. Which I think is fine. So, yeah, your cat was really rubbing up against me just now, which Aww. is so different you know for why? Flora. Look what she brought you. Well, I've. <laughs> I know I threw it for her oh, too. Oh, that's why. And, well, she brought it and then I threw it for mm-hmm. her and then she brought it back. She I brought didn't know. Yo, she plays fetch. I also got a pack of little mice toys for her. She loses them immediately. She has seven that are somewhere in the apartment currently. Yep. She that green one is rediscovered. I haven't seen that one since I first gave it to her. But she's she was gonna, hiding it. Yeah, she was. We're gonna move and I'm gonna find like twenty. And it's gonna be twenty or more because she loses them and it is the only toy that she will self entertain with. So if I wanna get she's I just hurt felt her hit my chair. She if I wanna get any work done, I have to give her a mouse toy. Because all of her other toys she wants me to play with her with. Yes. And she's bad. Like, she got caught in my charge cord, which I guess technically isn't her fault, but she got caught because she was trying to screw around with mm-hmm. me. Don't do it again. And she almost pulled my work computer off. This, that would have been the second computer she broke. Yes. So, like, it's not funny. It's not yes. okay, Flora. Um, she's so cute, though. Look she's at her. very cute. But so the mouse toys are they're a godsend for me. So I just have to keep. I bought a new pack. Yeah. I, I have to just keep giving those to her because she loses them, but she has to have them. Miss Box loves her uh, mouse toys <laughs> as well. <laughs> I get to meet Miss Box tomorrow. Yeah. How exciting! It's gonna be great. Aww. I hope she's not mean to you. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. You've met my cats. They're sweet. <laughs> Juicy has a very large. And sometimes abrasive personality, you know? So do I. We'll get along great. <laughs> you know what? It's true. Maybe. <laughs> no, you know what? It's true. Maybe that's why I was attracted yeah. to Juicy. That's so funny. We're your type. 
<laughs> that's so not true though your type is like really sweet people <laughs> you are very sweet uh, am i yes guys she made me dinner today and she's yeah. like always like oh can i get you anything and like oh kendall look at this and she's so nice anyway i just want you don't to be let happy. her fool you <laughs> i know <Yeah>. <laughs> i just want you to be happy oh my update oh yeah we've got an update is um, it a rapapa or just an update um it's more like an update on a rapapa it's about okay red about, pen point update yeah well in a previous episode i do not remember which one we were like <laughs> <laughs> i brought up that my friend Catherine can't be the official pod Catherine oh, because that's we right. already gave it to our good friend Carissa, Carissa. who guessed it on our Court of Thorns and Roses yeah, episode. So you go check it out. That joke. Just yes. Go back there. Um, and Catherine has not yet guessed it, but I mention her so often that I was like, "This is a crime that I haven't given her." Yeah. You know, and she's also helped out many times by. <laughs> Informing me of the zodiac signs of different authors that because, we can't find yes, because the, we're not we're not quite uh, technically <laughs> capable enough. and because I probably forgot until uh-huh. five minutes before I recorded. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you for thank you to Catherine for that. Mm-hmm. But in a, the previous episode, we I had we had discussed what her pod we gave her two names should be. Yeah, and she is going to be referred at, to as the official pod astrologist. Because what was the alternative? Slot bucket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the official pod slot bucket. Well, Gee, he, I'm shocked she didn't want to be that. Actually, I would have picked that for me, so I'm a little bit shocked. <laughs> oh, here's how sweet she is. We, <laughs> she heard the episode, texted me, and was like, "LOL, I'll get back to you on the name." Oh my god! And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'm waiting." And then, like a week later, she's like, "Um, I think I'd like to be official pod astrologist bucket, but minus the bucket." <laughs> And I was oh like, you've got it, babe. So that anyway. Is, she thought about it for a week. That is so God bless her. sweet. That's hilarious. So yeah. We should and totally have Catherine as a guest with sometime. still no nickname. But I, yeah, I'm totally down to have our She's official so, pod astrologist. Official pod astrologist no, is very book savvy. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, here's what we've got to do. Okay. We've got to read the selection. Oh, the Kira yeah, Cass book yeah. that we love. Because Catherine and I, I that is it. our book. Like, we used See, to bond over it all it. the time. I'll write it down and we'll add it to next That's got to be it. I didn't even ask her, but that's what we're doing, Catherine. Okay. But Pod Astrologist, we'll see you for the selection next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, so, anyway, that's my um, update. Cool. Well, I have no other updates. We went to see Javi's family in Corpus, and that was a good time. And we're going back down there again soon. Which is a lot of corpus for us in a short amount of time. That is um, a lot of corpus. It is, yeah, but it's good because we haven't seen them since the wedding. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, and a final life update. I booked my tickets for my honeymoon. Yeah. <gasps> slash very slash anniversary. This. Yeah. Where are you going? We're going to, did I not? We're going to Williamsburg, Virginia, Colonial Williamsburg. You literally did not tell me anything. I of thought this. I did tell you. See, no. we're so behind. I thought I told this you. This is the coolest thing I could ever I am imagine. I'm so excited. It's, so it's for our anniversary, but it's also like. I don't think we would, you know, go like all out like this for. It's not like it's cheap, so like, yeah, like it's I mean, a you're big going, thing you're to flying do. to Virginia. That's like, yeah, exactly. We're on a car, and we just did this in Florida for the retreat, which is also I never spend money, so it's like I. This is big money for us. I mean, for a lot of people, it's probably not, but for us, it is, and we don't spend, especially me. I don't spend money. Yeah. But because we didn't do a honeymoon, we he got back like the day before we got married from from army stuff. We got married. And then he got sick, and then after that he went back. Yeah. So we didn't do anything for the wedding at all. Um, 
Yeah, so it's also like a honeymoon. I'm excited. It's gonna be yeah, great. Colonial oh my god, I can't wait to see your pictures. I'm excited. That's so cute. I think it's gonna be fun. I found some clothes I want to buy, but it's like more money. But like, it's it's that thing where I've where I have been keeping you guys updated on my closet situation. Like, Javi like got me some clothes because I didn't really have any clothes. Well, those were like summer clothes. So now we're going into fall. And Ash has no fall clothes. So <laughs> I'm like, it's true that I don't have any fall clothes that I picked for myself, really. Like, maybe, like, one thing. Uh-huh. So that's true. But also, I don't need to spend money. I do have clothes I could wear. But I'm also like, or I could just, like, or you could it's splurge. really cute and I could splurge. And then I could have clothes that I feel really cute in pictures yes. in for the honeymoon slash anniversary because I don't I don't ever take any pictures. Yeah. It's becoming a problem. And I mean, it's a big deal. It's your honeymoon slash I know, first anniversary. I feel pretty. You're, you want to have those pictures forever and you want to feel exactly. good, you know? Exactly. And I think I'll be more willing to take pictures if I like what I'm wearing. Absolutely. And it's always fun to get new clothes. It's true. So and I think I'm going to do it. It's going to be so pretty there. I know. In November. Holy cow. Yeah. It's going to, that's why we're, that's why we picked it too is because our anniversary is in November and it's going to be so pretty in November. Oh my God. Imagine those leaves. Right. And I think people are in costume and I think people, things are going to be decorated for like Thanksgiving and Christmas it, I literally can't imagine a better time to go right exactly that's why I picked it and we're getting on some ghost tours because how <gasps> we love this ghost tour maybe we'll do like a special episode where we talk about some ghost stuff we're not a supernatural or true crime podcast but we do we listen do to really those like so ghost stuff we you know? do yeah so maybe we'll do like a special patreon episode and I'll just give yeah, you the lowdown of all the hauntings please do okay we can totally do that and well, I went on a ghost tour once to New Orleans. I have, oh my God, I, I can talk a little amazing. bit about that if we yeah. do that. We'll do a special. Well, that's going to be after Halloween, but we'll do a late Halloween ghosty yeah. episode. That'll be a good time. Um, I'm so excited for our Halloween episode. I'm excited too. Actually, this episode is going to uh, come out, I think, the first Monday of October. Happy, happy spook month, happy everybody. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Happy October Woo-hoo, month. Yay. October month. <laughs> oh, so in this episode, I was saying that I have put decorated for fall. That wouldn't be surprising to anybody. It's September. It's early September now. Yeah. I The day before September, like the last day of August, was when I decorated, just for context for everybody. <laughs> Haley was just putting up decorations in our house today. Oh, good. I'm not done yet either. I have more, but I have to make, because I'm trying to save money so I can spend it on other things that I want. <laughs> like clothes made... for Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw the wreath. There's a little wreath on the wall. Made it for it's $5 so from stuff from the dollar store. It also it looks like you could wear it as a little flower crown. It really does. Oh my God. Hello, picture ideas. Speaking yeah, of, we need some pictures so of you and I for pod reasons because this is not, okay, this is how rarely I take a, even a selfie. I don't even take a selfie. Not once, but twice in the last month for professional reasons. Someone has asked for a photo of me. And I don't have one. My photos are from like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I did today take like a couple because I put on makeup before <laughs> before this uh, recording. So I took like a couple for Pod Catherine because Pod Catherine and I are starting a, a podcast about writing stuff. So hooray. I'll give you guys more updates when Yay! we have them. But for those reasons, I needed it. And then also because I got my free dive cert, they were like, we need a picture of you. And I was like, I don't have a picture of me. <laughs> <laughs> How old can it be? <laughs> yeah. So I'm growing up. I'm trying to like be okay taking pictures of myself. When, when we asked for Princess Leia and Logan for pictures and Princess Leia was like, <laughs> all my pictures are me eating. <laughs> Any all candid pictures They're of me so are. Cute. I love those kind of pictures. Though. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Oh my God. She looks cute when she's eating. When I'm eating, it's not that cute. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> it's very hard to look cute when you're eating. You know? It is. Yeah. 
so for the rest of the episode, it's really going to be an interview with Jason, and it was spectacular. But just so you guys have context, we're going to give you a really brief summary. This is a slightly different episode than usual because we're not going to do like a really long in-depth summary because there would be no time, and it's probably yeah. going to be a little bit of a long episode anyways, which I think is fine because with mm. guests, it's always a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so summary for the threat below... You can help me out with this to make sure I do it sure. pretty quickly. And we're just going to do it quick because yeah. he kind of goes into yeah, some Yeah, he of goes the... into it. We just want to make sure you guys have context so you understand everything that he's going into if you have not yet read the book, which you should. And make sure that you leave a review if you yeah. do because that's the nice thing to do. So, but also, we do do spoilers. We're about to do spoilers. But also spoilers, yeah. So spoilers skip are this coming. if you don't want spoilers. Yeah, exactly. So the threat below starts out. It's 300 years in the future. Uh, the main character, Iceland Brathius, is like the daughter of the Cognate. The Cognates are the smart people in charge and the Veritas are the other group of people it's like manual labor yeah and they're more like subjugated mm-hmm. uh so iceland brathius is uh for all intents and purposes like the princess of this you know like <laughs> yeah. weird little her dad's like thing. in charge yeah, yeah he's in charge so there's her intended who she's supposed to marry because you know births and marriage and stuff is all very like tightly controlled it's 300 years in the future there's like 100 people yeah this place where they live is called the kith and Torain is the name of the boy who she's in, supposed to marry. Yeah. He's another cognate. He's, but he kind of sucks. He kind of sucks. Yeah. And she's got a thing for her BFF. Mm-hmm. He is the son of the leader of the Veritas. And his name is... I. You guys are good at saying... Uh, it's okay. You I guys dropped are, all your stuff. <laughs> just my notebook. It's okay. I'm you sorry. guys are good at saying his name the right way. Adirane. Adirane. Okay. Adirane. I've just been calling him Ad. She calls him Ad. Yeah. Ad. He's also has an, an intended, but it's kind of like they definitely like each other. Anyways, their water source is poisoned. Uh, so they live at the top of this mountain because everything below was like attacked like by the threat below. So what they call like the monsters that took over the world. And so now the only place they can live safely is uh, up on the top of this mountain. Yep. So, um, but when their water pump... The water pump that pumps water up the mountain to them it gets poisoned. Their water source, they have to like send a group down below, um, and basically everybody dies <laughs> except for um, Iceland and Ad and miraculously Terrain. Yeah, down there they run into the threat belows and discover this is not at all what they've been told. Three hundred years have passed, yeah. so you know, like the kids, honestly, like the teenagers, like Iceland and Ad and Terrain didn't didn't even fully buy this idea that there's monsters down yeah, there. they were like, hmm, they're we like, really know. Mm, I don't think there's anything down there. But there is, and it's the Threat Belows, and we meet one of them, Evashoni? Evashoni? Yes. Yeah. So she meets Evashoni, who is a uh, one of the Threat Belows, but she recognizes Iceland and, like, loves her. Like, we think that she's going to attack her. Instead, she, like, hugs her and is, like, worshipping her and, like, loves her. Yeah. And, yeah, so it turns out that Iceland Baratheus is descended from the person who basically genetically modified slash created the threat belows um so we basically see that the threat belows have since since the brathius have taken the few surviving humans up to the top of the mountain to to the kith all the threat belows have kind of split into two factions one of them hates the people up on top of the mountain they're creators for all intents and purposes and then the other half like still worship them as their creators because they did create them. So basically, Iceland, um, she, so she goes through su- such like a weird, yeah, I don't know, progression. But she loves how much they love her, and then she go- comes to like truly love the threat belows, and she's just like, they need a god, I'll be their god. And so it gets crazy. <laughs> yeah. It gets crazy. It's but- really wild. It is wild, but basically she decides, okay, I'm going to lead them back up the mountain because they just, they're like, we want to go be at the top of the mountain. That's all we've ever wanted. So they go back up the mountain and um, things just 
go to shit. Go like, completely out of hand. She's like, I'm here to take over things, which is not a bad idea because her father, Nicholas Baratheus, is shit sucks. at his job. He sucks. Very, very bad at his job. So she's like, I'm here to take over with my army of threat belows. And they're all like, okay. And everyone's pretty <laughs> unhappy about it. But then the other threat belows that hated the, that hated the people who went up the mountain, they like come and attack. So <sighs> Ad and Terrain have... Um, Though individually they've been trying to like win her over this whole time, even though Terrain is her only intended really. Um, they've teamed up and just kind of like yeah. like they didn't like this whole god complex thing. Yeah, but they're like, okay, uh They're like, so she's getting kind of crazy. And they're like, Yeah, she's getting kind of crazy. So maybe we need a backup plan. So they make a backup plan to deal with the threat belows. And then when it comes to this attack, the thing is, uh, they don't tell Iceland, but they basically initiate this plan of theirs, and it hurts. It like kills all of the threat yeah. players, not just the bad ones, also the good ones. So it's pretty heartbreaking. Um, Iceland's pissed. Iceland is furious. She she gets saved by one of the threat belows. Epishoni also survives. Yeah. And now they're back down below Cloudline, which is the clouds that separate uh-huh. the kith from from down below yeah. from the rest of the world. And uh, that's where this book ends. Yeah, it's basically. kind of a cliffhanger. It's, it is it is a big cliffhanger. And it's, wow, like, who do you like at the end of this book? It's everybody breaks your heart. So, yeah, I was very much like, all right, let's see what happens. You I know, know, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. So um, so with that, that's the, that's the brief summary. And now we're going to interview Jason. Well, <laughs> you're our first author that we've interviewed over Zoom. So, oh, wow. Yeah, this is so cool for us. Yeah, it's awesome. For all of our listeners, this is J.S. Latshaw, the author of The Threat Below, the first book in the Brathius legacy. So yeah, I don't know if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe what got you into writing, what inspired this book specifically? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I mean, I've always loved reading. I've always loved stories all growing up. And then um, I moved to Los Angeles, California to go to UCLA to uh, in the screenwriting program. And so I've spent years uh, working on television and film in what is a very brutal industry where um, you pour your heart into a lot of projects that you truly love and then it just doesn't make it onto the screen in any fashion. Yeah. So as part of like being able to handle that disappointment over and over, I decided, you know, I really want to write novels because then you have control at least on telling your story and getting people to experience uh, the story that you want to tell. And so that's when I started writing A Threat Threat Below, um, which is a really personal book for me. And um, it's been really, it's been a great experience, I'd say, a really gratifying experience. And kind of like now with my career, I still have like the industry stuff that I'm working on and constantly getting my heart broken. And then I get to work on my own books too and kind of put them out and at least know that like, I'm still telling the stories that I want to tell um, even if I don't get the green light on other yeah. projects. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And that's, that makes sense too, um, that you work in television and screenwriting and things like that. Because I remember reading this, I was like, this would be like a really good movie. Like this is just very like cinematic feeling. Yeah. Like big in scope and stuff. Yeah, you know? exactly. I think this would make like an excellent series or movie. And that's, that's funny. Cause I definitely got that too. I think we both can also relate to the the constant the rejection thing. Cause trying to get published um, through, you know, literary agents, yeah. lots and <laughs> lots of constant rejection, but the same thing, which I've been telling, I've been trying to convince her to self-publish some of her stuff lately because don't you you just want you still want to put out your stuff even if you know nobody else sees the value in it yet it's still you still have something worth saying and a story worth telling so I'm glad that you did yeah wow. no I 
absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. And, um, you know, it's a lot more fluid now too, right? Because there aren't the lines between like traditionally published and self-published and the are, it's a lot blurrier, like a lot of quality yeah. comes out of both places now. Yeah, and exactly. So, so true. Yeah. So it really is true. Um, and I didn't even like, because I had dealt with so much rejection on the television and the screenwriting side, mm-hmm. when I, like, I never even tried to get this traditionally published. I was like, I'm just going to get my story out there. So like, yeah. because I didn't want to have to deal with it. So yeah. Um, yeah. And it's doing so well. I mean, like is, you have so many really great well. reviews, like it's, it's true. Really yeah. Up. We were very impressed by your reviews everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get when you're self-published. I self-published a book. Well, that one was way before it was ready. So it's, it's taken down now, but it was just so hard to get people to like follow through and review after reading. So everybody, by the way, please go review the books that you like. Trust me, the authors appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to get reviews. I don't think people have any idea. And I review everything now. Like mm-hmm. if I have something positive to say for the most part, I'm not going to yeah. go. I, go like slam anyone to like leave a bunch of one-star reviews but I um yeah I review everything if I like it because yeah. it really does mean so much and I mean it's even crazy like the amount of reviews I get on Instagram that are really positive that don't even translate over onto Amazon because Amazon mm-hmm. everything like yeah it's wild so yeah the reviews mean a lot and and it has found readers which is really exciting I mean like like I said like it's gratifying to actually tell a story that people actually read because yeah. again in the industry you're writing these scripts and you feel really good about it and the only people that are reading it are a few executives who are reading it along with 17 other things and yeah you know it's nice to find people that are reading for pleasure and because they love reading so yeah and, totally. exactly yeah, and people who yeah. love to hear the story um I guess on that note do you want to like maybe give like a little bit of a insight for people maybe who haven't read the book or I mean we're kind of a spoilery podcast yeah we're very so spoilery we're probably so gonna spoil it, but we usually spend a lot of the episode going through a really in-depth summary but because we're doing more interview type stuff today we were thinking maybe we can do like a really brief summary just like hit the main characters and the most important parts in the book um which as the author you probably have more insight into what the most important parts are supposed to be in I mean, yeah maybe. like if you're yeah. gonna give like a pitch you know like yeah. how would you do it oh my god yeah. they're gonna traumatize them pitches are oh horrible. yeah sorry not in a pressure way <laughs> no no it's fine it's actually so funny because like when I first moved out here I took everything so personally like I took all rejection like it was the end of my life and mm-hmm. now it's like not that I'm pessimistic about it but I kind of expect I'm like pleasantly surprised when something actually works like when someone's yeah. happy or likes things and so I mean, yeah, do I go, do I have to avoid reading like the negative reviews about the book? Yeah, I do. It's it's still hard to read those things, yeah. but I mean, for the most part, it's fine. Like rejection's all part of it. It's part of the cost of telling a good story. So it's fine. Yeah. But um, all right. So the pitch for the threat below. <laughs> now I feel bad. That's not what I meant. <laughs> no, I like telling it. So it's, you know, 300 years in the future but it's not a futuristic world by any means. It's actually- I love a, that. Yeah, that was really unique. Yeah, which I think is totally fun. And um, I, I, I had a really good time with that. And so all of humanity is like a hundred people that live on top of this mountain. And the mountain's covered by fog. It's got this dilapidated wall around it. And nobody's allowed to go down the mountain because whatever happened 300 years ago to wipe out humanity still lives down there and terrifies everybody. And um, they were the only ones who were able to survive this like terrible event that 
killed all humanity. And so they're kind of living up there, kind of scraping along. Um, it's a pretty simple society. It's got uh, kind of like two classes, like the academic, intelligent people and more of like physical, um, stronger people, I guess, like um, Veritas and uh, Cognates. And so there's a very simple, kind of simple class system there. It's a, it's a pretty uptight society, like music isn't allowed. Um, physical touch isn't really allowed. It's, it's a very um, repressed society. Mm -hmm. And um, what happens is their water supply, which is the water pumping up from below in the valley, they realize that it's being poisoned. And so now they're freaking out because this water is going to kill them. And for the first time in hundreds of years, a group of people have to uh, go down and see what's going on down below the clouds. And again, it's been so long, like the younger kids in the town are like, is this even true? Like, we don't even yeah. know if anything scary down there. We're not sure. Um, are they just telling us that to keep us here? And so, you know, a number of things happen. But what happens is the main character, whose name is Iceland Brathius, she's the daughter of the leader of the, um, of the town. And she has a very high view of herself starting out. <laughs> Um, yeah. she like, does she does which is you know. I don't know what that's like at all the whole joke is that I'm an extremely <laughs> arrogant person so I was like yeah I get it Iceland <laughs> I get I have a lot of sympathy for arrogant people because I understand it I get it you know it happens sometimes and uh, uh but she's like she's arrogance but she's mixed with a certain amount like she wants people to like her right like yeah, yeah. She's arrogant because she's afraid that I think that people that are raised like she is telling, mm -hmm. being told that she's better than everyone all the time are secretly afraid yeah. that that's not true, you know? Yeah. And that that's yeah. a sensitive thing for her. That's so very true. And she's, she's not arrogant, arrogant to the point of blindness either. She's very yeah. aware of when she makes a misstep or a flaw and she's always questioning like, was what that person said true? Or maybe things aren't the way that I always thought. She's very aware for somebody who's arrogant. So it really balances out for her. Well, I think yeah. that's a, just to jump in really quick, because I don't want to forget it later. But I think some of my favorite um, conversations in the whole book were um, when Ad and Iceland are like talking about, um, you know, he's, he's always challenging her, like already, yeah. her opinions already. He's like, well, I scored better than you did on the cognate right. test. So what are you yeah. going to do now? She's like, that's not She's possible. Like, that's not possible. Oh my God. <laughs> she cannot but, handle it. She cannot yeah, she handle. can't handle it. But I think that like, that's the reason why I found their like relationship so interesting because mm -hmm. he's so, um, he can be kind of antagonistic towards her, but like in a way that's justified. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'd be mad too if that's I was true. him. Right. I mean, arguably without growing up with a personality like at Iceland could have been much more insufferable. Yeah. Like. yeah, I think that's absolutely true because, and so she's, yeah, so she's best friends with the son of like the chief Veritas who are like the lower class people. And he's very smart too. Like, but his, his, what she, the way she kind of sees him is he's strong and he's brave and he's like tough and brash and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But he's actually very, very smart, but she doesn't, even though she respects him, she kind of doesn't, and in, in, uh, appreciate that about him till later on as yeah. she gets to him better because she thinks that the smartness is just obviously her class of people is are smarter and so yeah at one point Ad tells her which is funny because he hasn't told her for all this time like you yes. know he's kind of held it you mm -hmm. know um but he tells her yeah I, I took the I took the basically an intelligence test and I scored better than you did you know and she <laughs> could not handle it 
she's so upset. She was no. really like, he can't know that I'm going to cry about this. Yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I had a lot of fun with their interaction because, um, I mean, again, like in all sorts of ways, like one of the indulgent things I did in this book, which um, I still feel okay about, but some people are like, you really went crazy with this was like their religious discussions were really fun for me because yeah um I really like that too I was like is this a hint of allegory this is interesting and they're different approaches and it, like you never know how that's going to go in a book especially when there are like allegorical feelings but I loved the way that you did it I loved the way that you know religion had it's kind of outlawed it was a thing of the past and of course it's important to him and then she didn't even know people still practiced I love the whole dynamic and, and the, all their conversations. She ends up becoming kind of a god herself. Yeah, that was okay. Great. Sorry, I'll let yeah. you tell it, but I got all geeking out about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I. Well, okay. Let me tell you real quick the way I got the idea for the book in the first place. Yes, please. Um, that'd be great. Was, um, so I grew up in Pennsylvania on the East mm-hmm. Coast, where um, and not like a mountainous part of Pennsylvania, like a flat part of Pennsylvania, just forest and and fields basically and so when I moved to California and it continues to this day like I'm blown away by mountains because I've just never been in a world where mountains are a normal thing you know yeah and so either when I'm lower and you can always see the mountains on the horizon or I really love to hike so I'm up in the mountains a lot like every day and just knowing like the perspective you get from a mountain is you get so much more of a view of everything but um, here in Los Angeles, where I am, uh, especially like in the, the uh, like around the May, June time period, there's something called the June gloom, which is the, the fog come in, comes in from the ocean. And it's, it's just like the mountains become like islands in the fog. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times I'd be hiking and I would just think, oh, wouldn't this be interesting if like I never left this place? I never lived anywhere but up here and I didn't know what was below the fog right now. Oh, Wouldn't that be so an interesting book? And yeah. then what I thought of is like, oh, that's kind of like Mount Olympus, like the Greeks, the Greek oh, god my on god. the top of Mount Olympus. Like, yeah. And then I thought, oh, what if I was like a Greek god and like everyone lived down there and they were like wanting to meet me and I just stayed up here all the time. Wouldn't that be <laughs> yeah. cool? And then I thought, oh, and what if I was, I stayed up here because I was afraid of them. So, so I kind of just had all those thoughts that you can see kind of like the whole twist of the book is built around that kind of thought of like, you know, like what if the creators mm-hmm. were, were afraid of their creation and now lived at the top of a mountain, um, yeah. but, you know, a certain amount of the creation was down below pining for their gods to return. So I, based on that was kind of like the beginning of this story that mm-hmm. I then wrote from there. So there is definitely allegory. I mean, yeah. You're absolutely right. And I think for me, it was fun to examine like, what do, what do, what does a God owe to its creation? Like, and what does creation owe to a God? Or, you know, also like in a parental way, like what do parents owe their children and what do Mm -hmm. children owe their parents? So, yeah. yeah, So, so definitely that was kind of the beginning of this whole idea. And I, you know, more about my background. I'm, I'm a pastor's kid. I was raised like in the church. Um, and so like, actually she's a PK. Okay. Well, so like Iceland being the son of the leader of this town, Mm -hmm. like being the son of the pastor of the church. And it was a very like kind of closed insular community where, I mean, we were like, 
it was it was not one of these casual churches. It was like yeah. an everyday life commitment, you know? Right. right. So like this feeling of the pressure of being the son of the pastor and like everyone's paying attention to you. And like, mm-hmm. I think that wasn't conscious, but as I've written more, as I read, I've written a second book, I'm working on a third. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of realized, oh, like Iceland's kind of like a pastor's kid in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> really and yeah. then if you think about like, um, the town itself and they're like don't ever leave this place this is the only safe place in the world it's very dangerous down there like mm-hmm. that's the message i got my entire life about yeah. just like the Anyone world outside the, yeah, life know, outside the non-christian the world like yeah don't read their books don't watch their movies don't listen to their music don't go out there because yeah. it's dangerous yeah. and it was all it was like not to get too deep but it was like it was all grown-ups that came from outside of the church and were hurt there right so they were telling us the kids like don't do that. Like, trust me, it's very scary because, so, so, you know, the idea of Iceland having to like leave this place to kind of figure out who she really is. And again, it's not really a story of like someone leaving the church at all, but leaving that safe place where the adults all want you to stay and like finding out the truth about yourself. Yeah. I think to me is like, it's a powerful thing for Iceland to have to go through. And yeah, to, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And then figuring out what she believes, why she personally believes it, not believing something because she was told to believe it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and also not, I mean, like, I like how antagonistic Adirana is with her about everything because they have such a great relationship. And so it's almost like a person arguing with themselves in some way. Because they do love each other. It they does do feel like that, other. yeah. They love yeah. each other, but they also like there are certain things that Anarani believes that Iceland just like disdains. Like she thinks is like yeah. below her. Mm-hmm. But also like there are things that Iceland believes that Adirani's like doesn't have a lot of respect for either. You know, and true. It, so yeah. I think it's fun to see them like mm-hmm. bounce off of each other all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're both really strong characters. It's funny. I don't know if you've read any of the negative reviews, but but no. a lot of, almost all of the negative reviews and then even some of the positive reviews a lot of people really don't like Iceland at all, which no. to me, I was like, that was actually a complete surprise to me because I think she's completely likable, uh-huh. but a lot of people are really, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but a lot of people, I think, Oops. feel like she's condescending and selfish mm-hmm. and self-centered. And I guess I would say, yeah, but like, she's still a good, like, you kind of love her, right? Like, yeah. yeah she has all those things but don't we all every once in a while but yeah yeah I think she's very complex I mean you can see her during the book like kind of and we haven't read the second one yet so like throughout the story she's sort of like opening her mind to some more things that like Mm -hmm. Adirana is saying or like that she's learning as she's just like going you know through her journey but then she's also kind of becoming a little darker in some ways yeah. And it's I thought so that was interesting. super interesting. Um, I thought her dynamic was just like more realistic than a lot of protagonists we get where they're like basically good people to start with and they just stay good people. Like she is a good person the whole time, but it's not always apparent. Like it's not always the primary thing. You're not like, oh, she's a good person and all these other things. It's right. more like it falls somewhere in the middle of the list of things you think about Iceland, which is great that's true of a lot of people I think only in books is like the first thing that we're sure of about a protagonist often that they're a good person it usually takes some digging to get there in real life and it does kind of with Iceland too also Ad is kind of a dick sometimes so it's (laughs) not like any of these characters not like he's just the opposite because he's nice 
she's like, wow, Ad's really cute. And then he opens his mouth and she's like, I hate him. And I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> okay. Also, um, my boy, um, Terrain. I knew you were going <laughs> to like Terrain. I knew you were going to like him. Okay. Well, at first I didn't. I was like, which I'm sure was your intent. I was like, who is this asshole? <laughs> Nobody wants you. And then as he went on, I was like, maybe he is my favorite character yeah. like that's the fun thing about this book is I think uh -huh. that like everybody nobody's really one thing mm -hmm. everybody has different you know facets of their personality like they grow and they change mm -hmm. because the book takes place over like kind of a long time yeah a um, yeah. couple months yeah. I guess right yeah absolutely um and I actually had to like rewriting that book I think there were like 17 drafts. It is forever long to write that book. And then at one point, I think of the third or fourth time I read through it to see what I had, it hit, I was like, what's the time frame here? Like I hadn't even really completely gotten it's a so handle hard. on it. So I had to really yeah. decide. And it is, it's like six months is what, what mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Cause it is a while. It's yeah. a while. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's a lot going on in the book and I know that. And part of it is, you know, you mentioned earlier, um, I would love to see this as a TV series or a exactly what I was thinking when you said six months I was like that's like a great amount of time to represent in a series yeah no yeah. I would really I mean my dream is I would love to see it made as a tell I think a really good television series at some point mm -hmm. and I think it could be like an actually really good television series because it's kind of like familiar enough you'd enjoy it but there's some different things going on that I think yeah. would be fun to see on the screen some big yeah. twists yeah, if I saw like the back jacket summary of this on Netflix, I'd be like, add to list and watch right now. And there's not a like, I'm very picky about like what I wa start watching because I have a hard time like, um, I just have a hard time starting new shows. But this is one I would definitely like see and start, which oh. says which says something because it is it's kind of got it's got kind of a familiar genre thing going on. But it's yeah. so unique in so many ways that it doesn't feel like it's done to death. Like, I don't yeah. think there's anything else I could go find on Netflix that's like so close that it'd be like watching the same thing yeah. you know I will say you surprised me many times <laughs> as I was reading <laughs> so that's it's true yeah. that's actually good it uh, hopefully in a way that's you're not like well this is ridiculous but like oh yeah <laughs> I mean I think I think it's an interesting series too because it's kind of fantasy but it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of science fiction too and it's like I mean at least the intent is it's kind of mm -hmm. fantasy but grounded in a little in reality where you're like yeah oh, this could kind of happen but this world is so different than ours but you see yeah. the you see the seeds for that the world that's in that book in the world that we have now and yeah you kind of can see how it could happen at some point so yeah uh, no I mean my dream is for that to be on television sometime I think I think it would make a really good series I think you know it'd be a lot of fun um yeah and I agree. I don't think there's another thing that's just like it. There's obviously yeah. elements that are, but even like the trope of like somebody being the one, you know, which mm -hmm. again, like I say trope, not in a demeaning way, because I actually. Yeah. No, we talk like about, it. we love tropes. There's reason that tropes exist. Tropes are good. I love <laughs> tropes too. Like they get yeah. me every time. Like if they're mm -hmm. well done, they're fantastic. But like the idea of somebody being the one, mm -hmm. um, Obviously, there's an element to that in this book and in this series as the series progresses, but it's kind of in a different way. Like, it's a little bit more, you, you're like, oh, I can see why Iceland is the one. Like, it's yeah. not some sort of random thing. It's like, yeah. And it, she also very much decides like, okay, I will be their God. So it's almost yeah. not, it's not even just like fate was, fate picks you as the chosen one. She was like, I choose me as the chosen one. So there was like, kind of like a different 
like a different way that that chosen one thing came about. That's not common either. Usually, you know, fate is thrust upon them. And she was like, okay, I volunteer as God. And you're like, <laughs> okay. okay I love like, how, like both Ad and Terrain are both kind of like, really? Like, okay, yeah. we're going to be a God. Like, and I, I really personally like this idea of someone who's an atheist who also believes she's a God. I think that's yeah. fun. Yes. I yes. love that too. I loved her attitude the whole time that, about all of that. Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was very interesting. Yeah. Oh, and the, we are, while we're talking about tropes, I guess one of my other favorite tropes is love triangle. Um, and you spun favorites. this one on its head too, because there is a love triangle, but then, and I told you everyone, this is a spoilery podcast. At the end of this book, <laughs> they both decide to be BFFs and right. he doesn't end up with either of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I was That's kind good. of loving. Kind yeah, of she kind of gets too. jealous of their relationship. Yeah. Um, She's yeah. like, wait, am I the third wheel now? What the yeah. hell is going on? It's so no, true. Exactly. And I mean, the reason why I think love triangles are a good trope, especially for younger characters, is like when you're young, you don't even know what's going on with all that stuff. And it's kind of like someone pays attention to you and so you're like, oh, wow, this person's incredible. And then someone else might pay attention to you and you're like, this person's incredible. You know, it's just like, yeah. it's all very confusing. And so I think for Iceland with the opportunity of the way their society was, especially where it's like, you know, she's betrothed to be married to Terrain and she's forbidden from any physical contact, though obviously not everybody in the community is following that rule. Like, <laughs> um, Looking at you, Ed. <laughs> yeah. She was so scandalized. It was so, so funny. It was disgusting so funny. Yeah. Oh which, my God. Which I think is fun. Like how you know, how she just, and, and that was kind of my experience, by the way, I was raised in purity culture, and I bought it, hook, line, and sinker, so I was, like, shocked, at <laughs> yeah, I was, like, completely, completely shocked to find out that other people, like, that I knew mm-hmm. were also raised in purity culture, and somehow were just, like, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah like, yeah. exactly, and just, like, didn't take it seriously, yeah, yeah that blew my mind, too, <laughs> yeah, I was, like, deathly afraid, like, I just, I was a skeptic of so many things, but for re- for some reason that I was like, yeah, yeah, this, this one makes sense. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I definitely related to, uh, Iceland's shock, kind of yeah. and she kind of looked down on it. Like, wow, this is like really, this is really bad with these guys. <laughs> I liked it that Ad had a romantic history when we met him. I feel like usually like with the love interest, there's never been any kind of like, you know, there's no one that they loved before them. That, yeah, the whole, that like, you're of. the only one I'll ever love. Yeah, and, and the only one I have ever kind of. loved. And that's not real life. Like, that's not realistic. Everybody, no. for the most part, has, like, known someone who they either were in love with or, you know, said that they loved each other or loved them and didn't say anything. Like, everybody, for the most part, has a romantic history. Very few people, you know, settle down with the first person they ever fell in love with. But that's the only thing that we see, for the most part, in, like, fantasy books. I don't know why. So I really liked that. And I also liked that we got to see like her real reaction to she's jealous. She doesn't like it. No. I would I don't like hearing my husband talk about his ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it's, that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's real life. So to pretend that that's not like real, it it makes it feel, I don't know. It's just then real life surprises you. If you read a lot of books, you're like, well, I shouldn't, the person I fall in love with, I should be the only one they ever loved. That's the way it works, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, ads, uh, intended, um, is her name pronounced, uh, Catalandi? I think, well, I, I, 
think of it as Catalandi, but Catal- but I also Catalandi. Really- okay, yeah. I'm obsessed with that. I like I'm that better. I love that name. I literally am obsessed with her name. I yeah. just like I don't even know exactly how to pronounce it, but as I'm reading it, I'm like, Same. I love looking at it. I was it. like, my eyes are happy. <laughs> <laughs> just a side yeah. note. I don't know why. <laughs> I agree with you. I I um. I annoy my friends because I tell them I'm really good at making up names, but, and I'm, and I'm kind of kidding, but I also like some of the names that I made up for this one, I really enjoyed. And some of them actually, I don't like that much. And, but that's mm-hmm. almost part of the fun of it. I really love Adirane's name. I like Terrain's name a lot. I like I Isis's name, which I did think I made up, but now it's, I see it's in some, in other places. Oh, um, <laughs> I've never heard it before. No, I mean, it sounds, yeah, me neither, but but oh. it apparently does exist outside. But I like uh, Evashone's name. I yes. like a lot. Of oh my names. god! Yeah. I mean, I'm I love Evashone's. Like, it's really hard for me to pick a fa- favorite character. The big four for me are just like Terrain, Adirani, Iceland, Evashone. But I love Evashone so yeah, much. She's like, my favorite too. I yeah. mean, I know I said Terrain, but I really he, he's like second favorite. Mm-hmm. Evashone is my he's favorite, your favorite. favorite. He's your trope type. He's your trope favorite. <laughs> well, he's kind of a dick. He gave a pick. at the beginning he's not your type but then later he's just like kind of like doing his best kind of scrawny but like you know has a good good intention and that's your type once he starts doing his best and having good intentions that was when i was like yeah he's good but evishane was great the whole time when he asks for a nickname how can you not like him okay this is a thing okay in every single did you think i literally bookmarked it because i was like we have to bring it up because ash is always asking i'm like somebody give me a nickname my name is Ash, so people like will rhyme it with things like trash, or like, "Hey, Jack Ash." None of this is good. I want a good nickname. And even my husband, I was like, "Hey, can I have a nickname?" And he was like, "What's wrong with your name?" And I was like, "I just want like you know, like a cute nickname, you know, because you love me." And he's like, "Nothing good rhymes with Ash." So sad. So sad. But yeah. it's so relatable. Like especially like he's like, "Well, you guys call each other Ice and Ad all the time," and like I'm just terrain like. Maybe Rainy. Like, Rainy's a good nickname, by the way. It's a great I thought nickname. it was so cute. I, don't know. I was so happy for him when I was like, Rainy. I was like, oh, you're living my life. Yeah, you could just practice this game. Like, <laughs> that'll, that'll be me someday. It was so someday. cute. Yeah, I, I literally was like, we have to bring it up for Ash because this is so your energy. See, people want nicknames, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they do. Nicknames. But you, I mean, the rule is you can't give yourself the nickname. Like, That's exactly right. And I nickname people all the time. I've given out so many nicknames, spoons. Like, can't somebody please give me a nickname? Back? You're wheezy. You have a nickname. I gave that to myself. Did you? I thought yes. we did it together. No, because there was no, my nickname that I got on the Newsies quiz was super lame. And so I was oh. like, well, I need something that's comparable. I was just looking for comparable in style. That wasn't supposed to be like a long-term nickname either. It's just the only it just one. ended up being. Because I gave it to myself and no one else has given me one. I'm really going to make an effort to ma- give you a new one. Thanks. Okay. And it can't be trash. No, it's not going to be trash. <laughs> it's no, not trash be is not a good nickname. I mean, I'd say a, like no nickname at all is probably better than a bad nickname. So it's true. Know, and that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very true. Where do you think you would fit in this world? Like, do you think you'd be oh. a cognate, a veritable? Would you be happy? Would you like, would you have gone down below? Do you think you would be one of the creature, one of the threat belows? Hey, those are all very good questions. And I mean, so Iceland is like 60% my daughter, 30% me and like 10%, you know, Katniss 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, you know. Um, although I really like the idea of a protagonist who's not particularly all that good at anything. Like, I think mm-hmm. Iceman is like, he's not skilled. <laughs> She's not, but that's, isn't that like the human experience? Like, none of us yeah. are all that great at anything. That's the thing. Right? I feel like yeah. that's why you're getting these reviews saying, I don't like Iceland because she's yeah. not like the typical, I'm good from the start, I'm so talented protagonist. Like, she's just like a real person. She feels real. Like, yeah. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She feels real. There's not like one thing she's like super, super good at, but she's not like really bad at everything either. Like, she's just kind of in the middle. Yeah. She's not, ha- she's not hapless, but like, She's not very good at, I mean, she, I think she's smart. I think she's yeah. like, in, like, and she is like self-aware and kind of maybe even aware of other people's thoughts and emotions more than mm-hmm. is healthy for her because she, yeah. she's caught up in her head about it. But um, actually, I have another theory about why so many people don't like Iceland. I'll share that in a second. But let me answer, Ooh, yay. <laughs> answer your question. And it's actually like, I address it almost as a theme in the next book, which I think worked out pretty well. I'll tell you who I don't want to be. I don't want to be Nicholas, Nicholas Brathius. That's who I'm uh, afraid to be. Like someone who just cares too much and can't really make a decision and ends up being yeah. like really cares too much about what everyone else is thinking and just ends yeah. up being weak because of it. Cause he can yeah. see every part to it and he can't like actually mm-hmm. make a decision. Least favorite character. Well, <laughs> it, hurt. He's the worst. I was like, dude, come on. You feel and, bad for him because you know he also feels bad. I know. Like, I was Do like, better. No. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, if someone were to tell me Nicholas Brathius is my favorite character, I would work about him. Like, it's like, right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, a big theme of the threat below is kind of parents let children down. Like, it's not like Star Wars where there, there are no mentors for these kids. There's, like, nobody. Yeah. These kids are on their own in the terms of, like, actually, Adirani's dad, but he dies pretty early. So, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> the one good one. Yeah, yeah, and Iceland's tutor ends up just being like hermit guy yeah. lives in a cave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not going to be any help to you. Yeah, he was like, like "Have it. fun." She was like, <laughs> "I am out of here. Bye." Yeah, he's like, he's like oh, I'm going to have to rethink my entire childhood. And who yeah. I yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's definitely a theme that emerged in the book: is the adults all let the children down, and so yeah. um, I don't want to be any of the adults. I mean, obviously not Tranton, who we haven't talked about, but he's, oh. there's no, there's not even a whole lot of nuance to him. No. Worst so, guy ever award. I almost like him more than Nicholas. Though. Well, yeah, because at because least he's, he's up front. At least know? he's doing something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least you know it. Yeah, exactly. Nicholas. Well, the fact that Nicholas lets Tranton do everything that he lets Tranton do makes Nicholas almost worse in some ways. Because yeah. he can yeah. probably put an end to it. He just doesn't. I would like to pretend that I'm like some of the better parts of Adirane, but I mean, I'd say Adirane is kind of like who I saw growing up as like the guy that I would wish that I was, but I yeah. never felt like I was quite that accomplished or, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know, like, you know, whatever, as Adirane is. Um, I think that I'm a mix between Iceland and Terrain. Kind of the awkwardness and the overthinking and the wanting to be liked at the same time of like <laughs> somehow thinking you're better than other people, but then thinking that you're really not. Yeah. Um, yeah. That whole mix, that whole mix <laughs> is like, I think I'm somewhere in that area, um, leaning more towards the Iceland side. Because, and why I think terrain grows on people by the end is starting out, terrain's like a worm and he's annoying, but he's like he's like a spoiled kid. But he terrain never really thinks that much of himself, actually. Like you can tell. Yeah. Like, and so his arc is like he actually goes from thinking very low and then mm-hmm. learning, oh, I'm worth 
I'm actually a little stronger than I yeah, thought I was. Yeah, he gets confident, yeah. Yeah, he gets confident and he sees like, oh, I can make a difference in this world. And that's like mm-hmm. exciting. But I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm honestly a little bit more like Iceland. I would hope that I would leave that, you know, leave and go down below. But mm-hmm. what happens to most people in the clouds would really terrify me. So I'm not so sure I would make it down below. But I mean, I don't know if you can tell from the way that I wrote it, but like, when they get down below and like the wonder they experience is like Mm -hmm. that's like a big part of just how I live my life like I love nature I love the world I Mm -hmm. can't even express how excited I am when I like find a waterfall or something like that you know there are parts when Iceland is down below and she's thinking about going and living in mountaintop again and she's like Mm -hmm. oh it's just dust and stone and it's all like monochrome and stuff and so I can definitely really relate to that like that would that can feel really trapped to me if I'm not exploring or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a part of Omathis that I really relate to too, who we haven't talked about yet, but Omathis oh, right. yeah. experiences so much loss. And especially in the second book, you kind of get a better sense of what he's been through. And my, not, not to get too personal, but my, my life in the last five years has had some like significant loss. So like, there's definitely like things that Omathis is going through that I can definitely relate to. But to answer your excellent question, I'm right in there with Iceland. Like that would be, that would kind of be me, I think. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to think that I would be like, "Hmm, I'm sick of this society. Everyone here is in like dumb groups and everyone doesn't hug. So I'd be like, (laughs) I want to leave, but then I know I would never. I'd be too, I'd be too wuss. I want to say I'd be like Ad because I like his I'm ready to fight everything attitude. Yeah. I don't think I'm actually that badass. I just think in my head like I would want to be. Yeah. Um, I'm probably more like Iceland. Yeah. Too. I mean, I don't think she's I, cool. I think I'm probably a little bit more people pleasing on the outside actually than she is. And there's not a lot of characters I can say that for because I'm not super people pleasing, but she's really not. Um, no. People still like her, but people do still like her. That's true. But people. Um, People like her a little less than she thinks. Like, I feel like one of the reasons she leaves Mountaintop is because she kind of thought people liked her more than than they did. They did, yeah. Yeah, that's true. true. She's surprised when, like, nobody's there to support her. They don't have that confidence. (laughs) I don't have um, ads. I have ads' um, lack of confidence in people in society. (laughs) But with Iceland's arrogance. (laughs) Probably a combo. Very potent mix. That's an excellent mix. I yeah. love that. <laughs> I loved Ad's yeah. sense of justice. He was like, this is incorrect. Yeah. He was like, and I will go off about it. It's true. You're like, please don't. Yeah, He's like, I'm already doing it. I was getting frustrated by the confines of the society the same way he was. So I was like, I'm glad a character is here to like yeah. talk about it, you know? It's Especially true. since yeah. a lot of them, most of them like bought so hard into it, you know, even Iceland. Yeah. So. Yeah, including Iceland. And that yeah. that's a, like Iceland didn't even question it because she was like, well, yeah, you know, we're two different classes. So, right. but well, one of the things I really liked in terms of religion and justice and ethics is I I like this idea of religion 300 years, like past any sort of like trappings of religion. Like how, what does religion look like when there's no Bible anymore? There's no hymns anymore. There's no liturgy, Mm -hmm. no organized, like, yeah, how does God still carry religion yeah. like away from all kind of those like trappings of religion you know I really I liked it fun. yeah yeah it was like, fun and it was like way more appealing yeah <laughs> no it, organized it, religion that's kind of like a journey that I've gone through because you know I'm a pastor kid 
And I definitely like haven't lost my faith, but I've definitely lost my faith in kind of the church in some ways and stuff like that. And so like yeah. still holding on to what's essential. It yeah. was fun like, writing the book and like seeing what for these people, what matters and, and kind of like what's enticing to Iceland. Like, and that like, and this carries on through the second book in a, in a, in a way too, but like, what is it about religion that like is so meaningful to us as humans? And like, what is yeah. it that, that would survive kind of the, I don't know, the cultural pressure that people feel yeah. to be like, yeah. what is like it when you strip away everything excess, what's, what's left that's really yeah. matters. That's really important. Yeah. That's like impossible. It feels like to get to in our culture today, because similar, like similar experience myself where like, I definitely am not, I definitely haven't like lost my faith or anything. I also grew up in the church. But I, I mean, trying to walk through the doors of a church is like a traumatic experience at this point. I know it is for a lot of people, but it's not something I want to give up entirely because they're like, you can kind of see in the book, like there's so, there's so much that faith has to offer that's so important to, I think, the human experience and to living here. And, you know, it's not like living on the earth is easy, regardless of whether it's post-apocalyptic or now. So I just, I really liked that scene, everything stripped away that we've kind of put into it. But when there's nothing else left, you know, like what remains, what is faith at its barest, most essential level? I really yeah. like seeing that. Yeah, I did too. And it, I think that it's definitely something that like for people raised in the church, like like all of us, it's really meaningful. And for people maybe from outside the church, they kind of look at it and they're like, why is this in the book? But it's not, <laughs> like important to me to get it in there. And yeah. the, like, I think there's one scene where Iceland's like peeking in through the window and sees Adirani's family, like another other veritas there are like praying and singing and mm-hmm. there's like tents burning and iceland like is disgusted by it but she's attracted to it at the same yeah, time yeah like, i like that well it almost makes me feel like i'm missing something that i know i shouldn't have and i think that that's like i think that that's kind of powerful and i and i like i feel that you know sometimes yeah. about what you said about like feeling upset or traumatized to walk through the doors of a church it's like but there are things you miss, right? Yeah. Like, there and there's things. good things. It's you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. There are definitely good and positive things about it. But yeah. how do you get past the things that are so not positive? Right. No, yeah. exactly. I think that between Ad and Iceland's kind of like attitude towards religion, I just had a fun time with like making them clash against each other mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. love seeing their extremes and like it's so funny because neither one of them ever changed their opinion like an inch towards the other like they remain like they're they're like beginning beliefs stay their beliefs but they still had conversation I also like that too because I feel like whenever there's like you know couples they like in books they get in fights and then they end up agreeing with one or the other and they didn't really end up in any kind of agreement and I loved that I was like cool we don't have to agree I love seeing that yeah and and sometimes they just yeah come to kind of a agree to disagree yeah we agree (laughs) to disagree all right, bestie, I see you, but uh, yeah. I don't know if I agree. I like that neither one of them was willing to give. Um, yeah. You mentioned your daughter, because um, I was going to ask, like, what was the inspiration for Iceland? So you said that your daughter inspired her a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So my daughter is, her name's Lyric. Um, so oh, even like, beautiful. It's like kind of a, like a, it's kind of like Iceland, but like mixed up mm-hmm. a little bit. In some ways, that's a cool last there. name. But yeah, wow. her name's Lyric. She's an awesome person. Um, I have adored her from the moment she was born. And uh, yeah, she's a lot like Iceland in that she's all, oh, good. I'll, I'll jump into also like why I think some people don't like Iceland. Oh, yeah. So oh, good. She, my daughter is incredibly opinionated, incredibly mm-hmm. um, 
willing to share her opinion all the time uh you know and like often right so like yeah. a person who's often right and opinionated it's kind of like a it's an interesting mix right because you're <laughs> yeah like, well you're right most of the time so but so it's you really know, hard to convince them when they're not right yeah it's kind of like myself forces themselves all the time because they're like yeah i'm normally right yeah um just like the strongest opinions about everything and uh, very smart, but also like really aware of everyone else's dynamic all the time and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I adore my daughter. I based Iceland's character kind of off of her. And here, here's another theory I have about why so many people don't like Iceland. And I think guys, I think boys in our society are socialized to look out for themselves first and be kind as a second priority. And I actually think that's, you know, within reason, a pretty healthy way to live your life, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think women are often socialized to sacrifice themselves for the people around them. Yeah. And I don't think, I think that uh, Iceland doesn't do that. She doesn't doesn't. sacrifice herself for the people around her. Oh my God, you're right. That is why people don't like her. She's not trying to take care of everyone. She's not trying to take care of everyone. Yeah. And if Iceland were a male character, no one would say that she's, she's self-centered. They would actually say she's really caring. Yeah. But because she's a female character, people are like, she's not being, like, sacrificial enough. She's looking out for it's herself. It's true. They're like, she's mean. Yeah. She's but cold. objectively, she's not. <laughs> objectively she's not, speaking, she's not. She's not, not. Yeah. She's not at all. But, and so I, I actually really believe, I think that, I think when guys make a sacrifice, everyone's like whoa that's amazing because no one mm-hmm. expects a guy to make a sacrifice yeah <laughs> but when women make a sacrifice no one even notices because it's yeah. like well, of course she's gonna you i know. just had this conversation with my husband this morning <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> yeah but it's true you're right you're yeah. really right yeah there is, so, there is a little bit of a shift these days where i think some women are like karen and georgia from my favorite murder were some of the first <laughs> women that i heard be like hey ladies you don't have to be nice all the time to your detriment like right. we should all be reasonably nice to each other, but there's no call for you to sacrifice yourself just because that's the nice thing to do, like as yeah. a woman, which is, yeah. But you're right, Iceland doesn't do that. So I can definitely see people being like, like rubbed the wrong way because it's not what we're raised to think. Like girls aren't supposed to act that way. It is weird. It does seem so much more mean when a girl acts like Iceland does, but she's not acting mean at all. And she's the whole time, she's very intuitive and empathetic and like- yeah. Yeah. I mean, the most manipulative thing she ever does um, is when she like convinces Terrain that maybe they have yeah. a chance early on so that she. Oh, can... mm-hmm. <laughs> What's funny too is with that one, she was playing fully into the female stereotype. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, like, yeah. she, and, and so that's my theory because a lot of the criticism, of, and I was not anticipating that when I wrote it. Like, I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to make a character who's like, you know, subverts gender roles but I based on lyric and lyric also doesn't do that for other people my yeah. daughter doesn't do that That's and awesome. kudos to her <laughs> I know but she'll sometimes get accused by you know like guys in her life of not being like understanding enough or accommodating mm-hmm. enough just because she doesn't like put up with certain behavior but it was, you know again she doesn't like she just doesn't sacrifice herself for the people around her so anyway that's my theory about Iceland and I think theory. that the expectations on a female character are actually so different than the expectations on a male character. A hundred percent. Yeah. You, I mean, just like as somebody who reads books <laughs> and like <laughs> is on Goodreads, there are so many times where people will just go off about 
the main character if she's a girl <laughs> and yeah. you hardly yeah. ever get that if the main character is a boy exactly. it's always like she's annoying mm-hmm. and i'm like what about her is annoying yeah. and they're like he's just annoying yeah and i'm like why it's another thing i had to explain to my husband because he's he doesn't like have like a lot of like chick- he's in the army all this friend all of his friends oh. are dudes like he's fine with women and everything, but I had to be like the other day, like I was all stressed out about, I don't know, like the way my dress fit or something dumb like that. And I was like, kind of getting a little hysterical. That's my word, not his, by the way, <laughs> he doesn't call me hysterical, but I do sometimes get like, I just get overwhelmed. And sure. so I was like really overwhelmed and very overstimulated. And I was so upset about like the way my dress fit. And when Javi was like, I don't understand why you get so upset about things like this. And I was like, because I'm so overwhelmed. There are so many expectations. It's not just the way my dress fits. It's how do I smell? How do I talk? How does my hair look today? Like there's so many things. Like, I mean, there's gotta be a list of like 20 things that I think most women probably check off the list before we are comfortable walking out the door. And I was like, what do you do before you leave? And he's like, I take a shower and brush my teeth. And I was like, there, and that's all we expect. Well, that puts him, that puts him ahead of 80% of other guys, by the way. I know. Well, he was, yeah, that's what he he was talking about. Like what makes like guys, guys and girls attractive. And I was like, listen, if you, if you smell clean and you're not an open jerk to us, that's, that's it. Like those are the two expectations. So trying to explain to him why I get overwhelmed is just because sometimes it just seems like there's so much, like so many expectations. And even as somebody who likes to like kick society in the face and I don't need society, I still like feel that pressure yeah. hardcore. Yeah. It's it a real is thing. interesting. The yeah. things that people internalize, you know, yeah. that affects like even their reading of a book, you know, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And one of the interesting things to me is, and again, you know, it's not like the numbers were large enough to make this like some big study or anything, but most of the negative criticism about Ison as a character came from women, not, not men. Interesting. Like, so it's like, you know, is, yeah. I think there's an expectation among a lot of women to her reading. that are like, Oh, she's just not being accommodating enough to the people yeah. around her. You know? Totally. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that happening. I'm not saying I see their perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. But, I, I mean, mean that makes I sense. You can see what they're saying, but I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Like, yeah. yeah. She does look at she she is concerned with the way she's being treated. And you know what? That's okay. That's yeah. really okay. But it is so internalized. Yeah. Especially I think for women too. Like, I don't think guys really think about it much at all. So I'm not really surprised that they're not the ones commenting, but like we think about it all the time. Like, are we being nice enough to the point where if someone else behaves in a way that we wouldn't, like another woman, we're like, well, she's just a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah, it I is mean, true. That's like how people are. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. What is your favorite part? Okay. Well, I think actually, like, I just really like the part when um, Iceland finds out like what's really going on. Like the na- the true, well, first of all, I love when Iceland meets Evashone because it's mm-hmm. all just so confusing. It's like, yes. like she doesn't know, she, she thinks she's maybe getting killed by this thing, but they actually know this thing's like hugging her and crying. And it's like, what in the world's going on here? I just think that's all very interesting. Just because it's weird, I love when Iceland and Adirane kiss for the first time. Like, yeah. or you know, I guess it's the only time. Yeah, it kind of is the only time. Because then Iceland tries to kiss him later on. He's like, yeah, and he's like, he's like, no. Yeah, like, <laughs> she was like, is this? Am I getting rejected right now? Yeah. <laughs> I just cannot handle getting rejected because she never thinks she will get rejected. Yeah, but, yeah. I like when like he like stabs Evashone and then she's so mad at him and they kiss and Evashone's mm-hmm. like are you guys trying to have a baby? And I said, yeah. no, I just think all that's funny and interesting. It was super then, funny. 
I liked writing and I liked reading that whole part, which was Omathis and Amparis's, like from their perspective, when oh, from yeah, yeah. their children to when they, you know, um, to when they escape. I think yeah, that I that's that all. Too. One of my favorite books ever is Frankenstein. And so you can mm-hmm. definitely see an influence there. And like, I just really enjoyed like writing that. And every time I read it, I'm like, this is really fun. Like, I just think it's really cool and interesting. Yeah, it was, it was really wild. All of, the, all of the pieces fell together reading yeah. that part. And I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh, yeah, it's so exactly. good. And it's so sad too, because so while I don't have a lot of sympathy for Nicholas Brathius, and in the second book, you get more of him, Sean Brathius, the guy who created mm-hmm. them in the first place. Mr. Sean. Mr. Sean, yeah, I have a lot more sympathy for him, although I still think he like handled it so badly, but yeah, he's more of a endearing character to me. And so mm-hmm. it's more heartbreaking. Like the whole thing is so heartbreaking to me that yeah. the way that that all worked out, it's just yeah. tragic. So um, I, I think uh, that that's, that's probably, that's my favorite part. There's a lot of parts in there. I mean, like people who know me well laugh at certain things because like I'm obsessed with sharks so there's like shark attacks in this book like there's a number of things that I just I'm like oh wouldn't this be cool and so I like those parts too but yeah and I like a lot of the interaction between uh Adirane Terrain and and Iceland I think it's fun Mm -hmm. and it's you know when you have three people because I used to have like best friends being three people you often like gang up on each other, not even on purpose. And that, that's like a very combustible mix, three people. And yeah. so I think between the three of them, like the alliances keep shifting and all of a sudden Iceland's like, wait, you guys are talking when I'm not yeah. around? Like, yeah. what's happening here? And that ends up being a really sad, like the way that that ends, she gets yeah. completely left on the outside of that in a really horrific way. So I, I like the way that, that those kind of things worked out. I mean, it's interesting when you write a book, because you wrote a book, it's like, Partly, part of it obviously is you're writing it, but then part of it when you're done with it, you're like, you even discover things later on. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know? like, yeah, oh, this, you know, it's almost like a like a school picture that like the year that you took it, you're like, this is the most hideous picture I've ever seen, and then like seven uh-huh. years later, you're like, that's not such a bad picture actually. <laughs> like, yeah. I, what was I thinking? And it's it's kind of like that with books sometimes too. So. I guess I have a lot of favorites, but definitely I think <laughs> the biggest favorite is like that super long chapter when you find out how this world came to be. I, I think mm-hmm. that that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I love that one too. Yeah, and you're kind of talking about, I don't know, when you were talking about that, it made me think like, how did you organize all your plot points and your twists and stuff while you were writing? Are you, when you're writing, are you kind of like a plotter or do you just kind of go, you know? Okay, so... I love that you asked that, first of all, because I actually do have a process that I like to talk about. So oh, excellent. she was like, I wonder about his writing process. I do. I, like, I always wonder about everybody's. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So, so it's 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 multiple stages and then I kind of bring it all together and then it keeps changing while I'm writing. But initially, after I thought about this enough, I um, basically put together an outline with seven main plot points and they're when you say it kind of feels like a film sometimes, these seven plot points are kind of classic film structure. So you have oh. like normal world, inciting incident, mm-hmm. and like uh, then like the hero decides to leave. It's like these seven kind of plot points that a lot of movies end up having. And so roughly I kind of decided what are the seven things that are going to happen in this story. And then I, I go hiking every day and I listen to music like classical music so that I can think too 
and I record a ton of ideas like all the time. And, and then like, after I'd been doing that for a while, I sit down and I literally listen to all of these like heavy breathing voice memos and type them all out. And so <laughs> I, you know, actually it's important for me, by the way, the, um, the outline that I write originally is all like handwritten. And I know that sounds weird, but I can't type it. Like I need, no, same. it ends up having to like, I have to like draw arrows and it, it needs to be more organic. So I need to yeah. like, use a pen and paper or pa pencil or something like that. Then I write down all of my like voice memos and then I number each one of those voice memos. And then I basically like print out my outline and put a number in each, like in between points or in different points so that I know like of all those thoughts that I just wrote down and like for threat below is like literally when I typed out all my thoughts, it was 40 pages of thoughts. And so, wow. and like, I, I number every point, I put it in the outline. So then when I'm writing, it helps me with like writer's block or whatever. Cause I just mm -hmm. continually look through and just be like, okay, this is what I need to write next. This is what I need right. to write. Next. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that happens there is like things will change as you're writing them because characters yeah. like, become their own people or you yeah, yeah they do their things. own thing and you're like yeah. I did not prepare for this <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ready for this you know which is which is good I actually it's exciting when that happens and so of <laughs> a, a while like you'll end up like re I will end up re redoing that outline or like mm -hmm. taking parts and like expanding it into a new outline and things like that but that's my basic process and so when I write I have like big stacks of paper and to that I keep referring to and I need that to be like on the desk as paper it can't be like a file on my computer it just doesn't yeah work. same so. I can't I can't I, I don't I mean I don't do a lot of outlining because like you said things just change so much and I'm too lazy to go back and make like a new outline <laughs> and fix it so I'll usually make like one good outline and yeah. then from and it's always with pen and paper and from there I will just x out circle arrow and it's just like the messiest yeah. most insane messiest page thing. in the world yeah yeah no, me too. And like, it becomes this one of a kind document. And when I was working on my second book, I lost that document. And no. it was like tragic. I oh. couldn't even handle it. And so then eventually I just gave up. I, after looking for it, I was like, okay, I lost this thing. I need to recreate it. And I recreated it. And then I found the original one. So then I had to like synthesize the two together. Oh my gosh. No. That's a literal nightmare. <laughs> of course that, that would happen. happen. But I, my, I like my process. And then I'll always reach a point where like, I'm like, okay, I really have to like write to the end here. And so I use a program called Scrivener and I'll set yeah. up all the chapters and I'll write like a sentence in each chapter between now and the end. Like in this chapter, so-and-so will do this. In this chapter, this will happen. In this chapter, this will happen. And I don't do that from the beginning, but I'll do that kind of when the momentum is really towards the end, because that also really helps with the writer's block because you finish one chapter and then you see the next one, you're like, okay, I know what this is supposed to be too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I usually at the end of like a chapter or a scene, like if I have to leave the computer while I'm writing or I have like my typewriter thing I've been using, I have to oh. put like a couple sentences of what's going to happen next. Yeah. Or I can't sit yeah. back down and keep writing. Are you using like a free write? That free yes. write? Yes. She yeah. loves her free write. I, Do you have I, one? Yeah. I used it for, um, to finish the Gallery of Mothers, the second book. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Free write besties. This is so Yeah. Exciting. I dig it. It's like, it's like, 
stupidly overpriced for what it is, but yeah. it really helps. So yeah, like it really does. It was very expensive. I wanted one for many, many, many years and I could never prioritize saving for that when there were other things. Yeah. So my husband surprised me last Christmas with it and I am still so happy. That's awesome. I love it. It so was much. kind of the same for me. Like I could never justify buying it, but then my mom bought it for Christmas for me. Yeah. So I was like, guys, if you've got a lot of extra money and you have a writer friend, this is like the best gift in the whole world. They have a traveler version now too. That's a little less expensive, but no, it's totally awesome. So that's funny that you were like this typewriter thing. I was like, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's my process and it works for me. I like it, you know? So a lot of those, a lot of those ideas come to me while I'm hiking, which is great. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, (laughs) well, you were talking before about like that part where, you know, they come out and they're like down below. And Mm -hmm. um, some of that was like my favorite. Yeah, that imagery was intense. It was was so, so I was like, I want to be here with them. I know. I was like, I don't want to be sitting here on my couch. I know. I was like, I wish I was here, like experiencing, you know, butterflies Mm -hmm. for the first time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy this idea of like, because so much of that is our world, right? But but the way that the book is set up, it feels like a fantasy world almost. So I just like this idea of like, wow, discover the beauty of of our world. Like it's yeah. it's awesome. Yes, and, and that going along with like, I love any time in a book that's like set in a different yeah. like post apocalyptic or something where uh-huh. they like are finding like, oh, look, this is what they use for this. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh my God. Little mermaid with the so yes. Going on. Yeah. She was like, wow, binoculars are amazing. And I was like, binoculars are amazing. <laughs> it's true. It does make you realize like, like grass is amazing. Waterfalls are definitely, I mean, a lot of people already find them amazing, but it just reminds you that they are like cars are amazing. Blenders are freaking amazing. Yeah. Oh my what? God. Their conversation about cars. Where she's like, that's got to be fake. And he's like, it's true. That it's like dinosaur juice that their cars are drinking. And she's like, that's insane. You're wrong. No <laughs> but she never wants to admit that she, she's like, I need to look that up. Like she's yeah. like, on the off chance that he is right. She doesn't want to admit that she disagrees, but she's like, that can't be right. <laughs> See, that was, and that, I think that was my favorite part of this whole book was like the cheeky narration, especially when like from, from Iceland's perspective, like she'd have a conversation with Ad. He'd say one thing. She'd say, that's definitely wrong. And then she'd be like, oh my God, is that right? And (laughs) I just loved all of her, like her like little asides to herself was just delightful. Those are, that was probably my favorite part of the whole book. I just like, she'd say something and I would just be like waiting for like the cheeky, whatever was that was going to come next. My daughter read the book and she was like the same, like a part like that. She was like, I really love these parts. They're really funny and they're really clever. And I was like, oh, thank you. And she's like, maybe you could put like one on every page. And I was like, oh, I'll try. <laughs> there were a lot of them in there. So I really, really liked it. It's so funny. She's like, yeah, this was good. Maybe try to make the whole thing. Maybe, maybe this should be the whole book. <laughs> yeah, maybe like parts on every page. I'm like, yeah, I'll try. <laughs> that is so funny. That's hilarious. Oh, we forgot to ask. Oh, hey, yeah. So this is the thing we, we, we usually do this for all of the dead authors that we read. <laughs> <laughs> We like to figure out, um, I know there's literally no reason for it. Neither one of us are into astrology, but what's your zodiac yeah, sign? Yeah, what's your zodiac sign? So it's so funny you ask this because I hurt my leg the other day. So I've been going to physical therapy. My physical therapist is very into astrology. I am not, but she asked me for not just my birthday, but like where I was born and my oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. time. Yes. So she wrote something up <gasps> for me. 
I got oh it. my gosh, he's got you guys. Everybody yeah. listening, he's got a paper in his pocket. He is he so ready for this. It's not meant to be. Okay. I don't know what any of this means really, except for what she's told me. But first of all, I'm a Pisces. Um, <laughs> Sorry. My, <son laughs> my brother's a Pisces. Okay. And I mean, I love water. So I guess that, mm -hmm. which again, shows up in the book, like water yeah. so important. Um, but okay. So my moon is in Aries. Oh, I'm an Aries. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. My moon is in Aries, which I think means that I'm more likely to have feelings of guilt and self-doubt. So <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that. So, and then, but then I'm very, okay. I'm very strong Aquarius, which means I'm very in my head, which is true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my Saturn is in cancer. I don't really know what that means. And my okay. Neptune is in Sagittarius. I don't really know what that means, but I'm Pisces, Aries, Aquarius, heavy. Wow. Those are my three heaviest ones. This is so much better than every other author. This is so we've just been we like, got, uh, they're a Taurus. Yeah. And they're like, that's all we know. Moving on. This wow. Is great. You really wow. killed it. So basically, okay. This is interesting. Cause you're, so you're a sun in Pisces, moon in yeah. Aries. That's like yeah. my brother and I. That like sounds if chaotic. Combine us. Could you imagine? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Aries are notoriously chaotic, you know? We are notoriously yeah. chaotic. So that's interesting. And Pisces are notoriously very, like, creative. Very, yeah. very creative. Yeah. And I think very sensitive, kind of easily hurt. Yeah, maybe. and kind of sensitive. Yeah, my yeah. moon is in Pisces. So okay. I've been told that that tempers my, like, Capricorn harshness. That's My nice. Pisces moon is supposed to be kind of... I'm a sun in Aries, moon in Scorpio. So we're both, like... You have feelings, well, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, I, I used to be like, I don't believe it at all, but I've decided it's fun. And it's, yeah, it's actually it strangely like illuminating and sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, it's so. weird. Every That's the thing is I'm like, I don't really believe it. But then every now and then I'll like hear someone's or read about mine and I'm like, but I kind of do believe it. <laughs> it makes sense. It's kind of fun to believe in it a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And there are weird, like, there were some weird parallels, but They're I guess really you could fun. see that in anything. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I came prepared for that one. And I was lucky because she just, she totally wrote up my whole chart. So, uh, oh, excellent. Oh my God. This is, we're never going to have an author zodiac moment. It's never going to be one. better than that. <laughs> this, is, this is the high point. You might need to retire the segment because it's true. <laughs> oh, that's oh. funny. There is a second book because this one came out in 2015, correct? Yeah. So the second book, A Gallery of Mothers, and then you're working on the third book, right? I love that name. And, well, okay. So I am working on the third book, but it, there is also going, so there are going to be four books in this series. That's, <gasps> okay. what, we, that's, what's, that's what I planned. Um, however, there is a bonus. So these books are really long, in case you didn't notice. This, like, yeah. well, this The first one is 500 pages. It's so, a hefty yeah. book. <laughs> it's a hefty book. And Gallery of Mothers is also a hefty book. And the third and the fourth one will be hefty books as well. But I'm also writing, right now I'm writing kind of a bonus book that's also like a standalone story, but it's set in this world that's more like a 200 page book. And it's basically what's going on in Europe and China at this time, China and Africa. This is North oh. America, by the way. The, yeah. the, this is North America. Um, what's going on in that place? Uh, this novel that I'm writing now is set there. And then what's going on across the ocean will come to play in third and fourth books in this series. That's so ah, cool. Because I was wondering oh about gosh, that. I was so like, exciting. I wonder how many people are really alive. You know, right. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah. So, oh, I'm so excited. Well, 
So the second book hints at what's going on in the other continent, but not really. And then this book is set there. It's going to be its own little standalone. And some of the characters will show up in th books three and four. And then books three and four will be involving the other continents as well. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Continent. That's yeah. so cool. That is so yeah. cool. Folks, you heard it all here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. so how can potential readers get involved? Like, do you, do you have like a, like a fan group, like a website? Is there like a really oh popular God. blog? They can follow you on social media. Well, they can definitely follow me on Instagram. I <laughs> don't know exactly my handle right now. It's not, it's like Jace. Oh my goodness. I don't know. We can I put can it on our social. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it yeah. on our social too. I really should be better at that. But um, I also have a <laughs> website. <that laughs> if you Google J.S. Latchall in my book, you'll find my website. You can join my newsletter, which I don't send out as much as I should. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, you can definitely join that. You can message with me and tell me the things that you like and don't like, and I will respond to you. I do that <laughs> with some people. I'll respond more quickly if you tell me the things that you do like. Um, <laughs> but I've had, I mean, I've had some people that like, I've had really good conversations with because they're like, oh my goodness, this and this and this. And I'm like, I love that you're picking up on that stuff. It's really. That's awesome. That's so fun. Well, you if know, you guys want to yeah. find him on Instagram, it looks like it's Jason Seth Latshaw. And we'll uh, also post about it. Yeah. yeah. But we'll Jason post about Seth. it as well. And if you yeah. haven't, go go check out his book if you haven't already, because um, it's really good. And we really enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, this cover is so beautiful. Oh, I you know staring at the cover. It's so good. It's so good. And it's like a, a European artist. Um, I think of his name is like Danya or something. And I, I had a different cover for that book at one point, which I also really liked. But um, it wasn't as it wasn't as like right for the genre. Mm -hmm. So I got this other artist and I just thought her work was amazing. So I asked her and she came back with that. And I was just like, oh, my, I was blown away. And then it's cool because like Gallery of Mothers, the second book, the, the cover kind of like fits that theme, too. It's like a back yeah. view of Austin. I and, love uh, the cover for that one, too. Yeah. yeah. Very intriguing and very cool. So um, I'm equally as happy with the cover. I just think it's so awesome. Yeah. Very, it's very exciting. It's really cool. Because really cool. I love covers. I hate when covers show somebody's face, but yeah, I like same. covers that have people on them. Same. You know? Yeah. It, that's where This I'm was at. like the perfect cover for the genre. This really was like a genre perfect cover. Those yeah. are really hard too. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get a good cover. So yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I still like the original cover that I used to have, but it's okay. I had to let it go because um, this one was so good too and mm -hmm. it also looks you have to pay attention to how it looks really small because uh, yeah. that's how a lot of people are seeing it on Amazon and so this cover looks really good small too yeah is, mm -hmm. yeah cool well, is there anything else that you want that you want to share with your readers or with the TPBC listeners well, I mean, thank, thank you for this like you guys are amazing like thank you for <laughs> your thoughtful reading of the book I mean you're, you're an author you know how much that means and it just I mean it means so much I had I had one author come up to me one time and he's like, actually, this would be really helpful when you're writing and just said, when you're, um, when you're stymied or when you're like blocked, just think of that, like one person out there who needs to read your book. And it's going to be like their favorite book. Like they're going to get like shoved into a locker while they're at school. And then they're coming home and read your book and feel better about their life. And, um, 
every time I get to talk to someone who does really enjoy the book and kind of like gets into it, I just remember mm-hmm. what that guy says. I'm like, yeah, that's true. Aww. You know what? Even when I think about the other books I published that I, I mean, I loathe them now because I wrote them when I was really young and they objectively weren't really published ready when I published them. Yeah. But even those, I had a couple people that liked them so much, like young girls who were like, just really loved the series and were like, I can't wait for the next one. They would ask me about it all the time. So I was like, you really did like it. So there's always somebody that's, even if you think it's trash, there's always somebody who's, you've made their day. So, you know, like when you think about like a writer, I think we can get into our heads and like make it this like lofty position. Like I need to like write this perfect prose you know all the time Mm -hmm. which is why like yes I'll call myself a writer but I feel like I'm a storyteller before I'm a writer because I like to compare it to like sitting around a fire and telling like a story that gets everyone like oh whoa whoa you know like that's so fun and there's that connection Mm -hmm. so I really appreciate this because like I can tell that you have read the book you've like related to the characters you like the world so thank you so much um and that's that's my message to anybody who's read it and enjoyed it. Like, let me know because I do. I take a lot of joy in the if if people like get the world and enjoy the world and want to yeah. know more about it. And it's it's inspiring for me to like, oh, you really like it. Like, you you get it. Like, you get where these characters are coming from. So yeah, yeah. Totally. and well, leave a good review on Amazon. Gosh, yeah, everybody, people, leave a good review. review. Leave reviews. It's it's it is very important. Work. It is very hard. Leave, please leave a review if you've read this book. And um, on that note, hey guys, could you give us like a star? Please? Yeah, leave us, a review. leave us a review too. Exactly. <laughs> I, I literally, I go and I look at our reviews and we are blessed so far that we have good, pretty much only good reviews. And I'm waiting with bated breath for the day we get a bad one because I'm, I'm only used to those. So this is the first time <laughs> in my life where it's only been good news so far. No. So I feel like it's going to hit really hard. <laughs> no, don't worry. We'll be in it together. It'll be fine. That's you, right. We'll be fine. You know what I do when I get a bad review is, well, after I just cry and stare at the wall for a while, I will go and find books or movies or television shows that I really love and I'll read their bad reviews. Because then I'm Oh like, my God. You oh. guys, that is so smart. Listeners, yeah. I hope you all caught that. That is Listen such that. a really That's good a very, idea. Because- someone will give a negative review to absolutely anything. And so you just, that will kind of shake free this idea that everyone who's giving you bad reviews, is like the voice of God telling you what the truth is. So yeah, that's true. That's very true. Totally. We did get one mean comment once and spoons replied on it. (laughs) (laughs) I did. OMG. So true bestie. And her response, that was my husband that just walked by. Her response to that comment was just so funny. I was like, so I was immediately, I was a little concerned when I first saw it. And then your response and I immediately, any anxiety. I had to. Diffuse the situation. Diffuse it. Yeah. Yeah. Cut it off. And you did. Thank you you so much. This has been so much fun and you guys are fantastic. So uh, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for joining us and getting all of that Zodiac info. Yeah. And for writing the book. We really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It was really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. And if have I sent you Gallery of Mothers? Do you want copies of that? Let we me know. We would love copies yes, of please. that. Yeah. You have <laughs> you have physical copies of the first one. So yeah, definitely if you don't have the second one, I'll yeah, I'll send you. Yeah, we don't, but we would love to have it. Yeah. yeah. I'll send you signed ones. That'll be fun. <gasps> I yeah. love signed books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. It's a lot of fun. So thank you so, so much. much. This has been so great. You guys are the best. Thanks. Well, you too. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a great time. Thank you so All much. Right, you too. Bye. Okay, bye.